This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. So there's been a lot of discussion about reparations, and I have been on the record as saying that reparations is owed to every descendant of an enslaved person in the United States of America and throughout the diaspora, actually. I don't believe that this country has the appetite or the soul to actually do what's right, but I'm not asking. I don't believe we should ask for anything. I believe we should take what's ours. And I also believe that we have everything that we need to build the future that we wanna build on. Um, I don't wanna wait for anyone to come and hand us what what is owed. Now, that said, we should continue to fight. Every candidate running for president should answer the question, should have a plan for reparations for descendants of, of, of enslaved people in this country. Uh, but that said, I think there, there was just recently a hearing before Congress that featured Ta-Nehisi Coates, who wrote what I believe is the quintessential piece on, on the reason why reparations is owed, and it's called the case for reparations and he wrote that while at The Atlantic. You can Google search that. A matter of fact, I'll put the link in, in the body of this podcast, so check it out in the description, all right? Danny Glover um, also spoke before Congress, and, and Juliette Malveaux, who is an economist, uh, she also spoke about the economics and why it's deserved. But the best case I've read in a while was actually written by a former enslaved person. It's a letter that he wrote to his former master. It is uh, dated August 7th, 1865. It is from Dayton, Ohio. And the letter says, to my old master, Colonel P.H. Anderson, Big Spring, Tennessee. And the author, his name is Jordan Anderson, who was enslaved from 1825 um, until emancipation. Uh, he he worked on a plantation for 39 years, and in 1864, the Union Army, who was camped out on the plantation where he was, he and his wife and his family, came and liberated he and his wife and his family. They left that plantation and ended up in Dayton, Ohio, where July 1865, he received a letter from his former owner, Colonel P.H. Anderson, who asked him to come back. He said his plantation had fallen into disarray and he needed him and he wanted him to come back to work. Jordan, Mr. Jordan Anderson, dictated a letter to his former enslaver on August 7th, 1865. Uh, he had his letter dictated to uh, by his former boss, wrote it and sent it off to his former master. And it is a letter from a freedman to his old master and it says, sir, I got your letter and was glad to find that you had not forgotten Jordan and that you wanted me to come back and live with you again, promising to do better for me than anybody else can. I've often felt uneasy about you. I thought the Yankees would have hung you long before this for harboring rebs they found at your house. I suppose they never heard about your, your going to Colonel Martin's to kill the Union soldiers that was left by his company in their stable. Although you shot at me twice before I left, I did not want to hear of your being hurt, and I'm glad that you're still living. It would be good, it would do me good to go back to the dear old home again and see Miss Mary and Miss Martha and Alan and Esther and Green and Lee. Give them my love and tell them I hope we will meet in a better world, if not in this. 
I would have gone back to see you all when I was working in Nashville, in the Nashville hospital, but one of the neighbors told me that Henry intended to shoot me if he ever got a chance. I guess Henry was the master's son. I want to know particularly what the good chances you propose to, to give me. I'm doing tolerably well here. I get $25 a month with victuals and clothing. I have a comfortable home for Mandy. The folks call her Mrs. Anderson. And the children, Millie, Jane, and Grundy, go to school and are learning well. The teacher says Grundy has a head for a preacher. They go to Sunday school, and Mandy and me attend church regularly. We are kindly treated. Sometimes we overhear others saying them colored people were slaves down in Tennessee. The children feel hurt when they hear such remarks, but I tell them it was no disgrace in Tennessee to, be to belong to Colonel Anderson. Many darkies would have been proud, as I used to be, to call you master. Now, if you will write, I say, what wages will you give me? I will be better able to decide whether it would be to my advantage to move back again. As to my freedom, Jordan goes on to write, which you say I can have, there is nothing to be gained on that score, as I got my free papers in 1864 from the Provost Marshal General of the Department of Nashville. Mandy says she would be afraid to go back without some proof that you were disposed to treat us justly and kindly, and we have concluded to test your sincerity by asking you to send us our wages for the time we served you. This will make us forget and forgive old scores and rely on your justice and friendship in the future. I served you faithfully for 32 years and Mandy 20 years. At $25 a month for me and $2 a week for Mandy, our earnings would amount to $11,680. Add to this the interest for the time our wages have been kept back and deduct what you paid for our clothing and three doctor's visits to me and pulling a tooth for Mandy and the balance will show what we are in justice entitled to. Please send the money by Adams Express in care of V. Winters Esquire, Dayton, Ohio. If you fail to pay us for faithful labors in the past, we can have little faith in your promises in the future. We trust the good maker has opened your eyes to the wrongs which you and your fathers have done to me and my fathers in making us toil for you for generations without recompense. Here I draw my wages every Saturday night but in Tennessee, there was never any payday for the Negroes any more than for the horses and cows. Surely there will be a day for reckoning for those who defraud the labor of his, of his hire. In answering this letter, please state if there would be any safety for my Millie and Jane, who are now grown up and both good-looking girls. You know how it was with poor Matilda and Catherine. It would rather, I would rather stay here and starve and die if it come to that, then have my girls brought to shame by the violence and wickedness of their young masters. You will also please state if there's been any schools open for colored children in your neighborhood. The great desire of my life now is to give my children an education and have them form virtuous habits. Say howdy to George Carter and thank him for taking the pistol from you when you were shooting at me. From your old servant, John Anderson. Now, as I read this, and I, you know, I'm pretty sure it's a, from a reputable source, <laughs> I, I'm reminded of a few things. Number one, people who were stolen from Africa and forced into bondage over a 400-year period and their descendants are owed for that labor. 
This labor built America into one of the greatest superpowers of all, all time, literally built Washington, D.C., literally, literally created most of the inventions because necessity is the mother of invention and the only people working were those who were enslaved, even though they couldn't hold patents. This country, from its music to its culture to its soul to its history, is, owes a debt to those in bondage, those millions and millions of people and those that did not make it, the hundred plus million that ended up in the sea. And to not have a discussion, number one, I think is criminal, it's sinful, to not put a, a dollar amount when this man clearly could is unconscionable, actually. And anyone who believes that there, there's no debt owed then should not even bat an eye when we talk about reparations for those that were um, suffering the Holocaust, those that suffered the internment here uh, in America, Japanese Americans, those Native Americans who still haven't gotten their full just dessert. And for those who say, well, you know, in war, in war, you know, the victor, you know, if you lose, oh well, no, this wasn't war, this was thievery. This was stealing people's lives, culture, and their literal bodies, and stealing their labor and not paying it back. There must be one way or another, and here's what I know for sure. If this country doesn't come to a reckoning, as Mr. Jordan Anderson pointed out in his beautifully crafted letter, the reckoning will come spiritually. And I believe it's already here. So I'll say that. We're going through something right now. And I want everyone one listening to my voice who is from the global majority to be encouraged. This is a great time to be alive. This is a great time to be a part of something. And you have the power right now to not just demand what you deserve, but also go out and get it in every place that you are, in, in every place that you work, to not be afraid, to not cower, but to know that you deserve everything that is coming to you. You deserve the best. You deserve excellence. And part of that is also um, demanding it. Closed mouths don't get fed. Closed fists don't get, get any, any money in it. And so we have to go out um, in this world and take, take, take what is ours. And um, I just want to leave it at that. Uh, but I want to thank Mr. Jordan Anderson for having the wherewithal, the wit, the irony, the sarcasm, to respond to the audacity of his quote unquote master to ask him to come back because his farm is in disrepair, which leads me to the, the next thing that I wanted to leave you with. Just think about this. Um, there are a lot of Colonel Andersons out there who could not do anything without the help of someone like a Jordan Anderson or someone like you. Think about the amount of capital that you put into other people's businesses, the amount of work, sweat, blood, and tears that you put into building somebody else's dream, somebody else's future, somebody else's legacy. And I ask you this question, do you put equal amount into building your own? I'm just going to leave it at that. Till next time, follow me on Twitter. And this podcast, of course, is brought to you by, come on, 100 Coconuts, the number 100 Coconuts, 100coconuts.com. If you go to 100coconuts.com, it is the best coconut water in the world. You can get a whole case, 10% off, by using my code, Karen100, the number 100, Karen100. 
go ahead and do that. Also follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter. On Sundays, I pick a question or two. You can ask me anything with the hashtag podcast on Twitter at Karen Hunter. And let's have keep the dialogue going. Share this podcast with everybody that you know because it's free. This is an extension of what I do on SiriusXM Urban View, which I absolutely love. So follow me there. Spread that gospel as well. Let people know what we're doing on the radio show because it is very much a mission. And I'm very proud of, of Urban View and, and all of the, the shows that we brought to the table. And I thank you for supporting and I thank you for if you don't know about it, I thank you for joining me here and know that this is just a modicum, uh, just a microcosm of what we actually do on the radio, but uh, it's growing. And I appreciate you. Spread this to Africa. <laughs> if you know anybody in Africa, spread this podcast to Africa. And uh, I just, again, appreciate everyone who is um, supporting this. Thank you so much. Till next time.